You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, August 30th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or where I'm a staff writer over at Just Baseball. And if that isn't your thing for whatever reason, even though you're listening to a baseball podcast, maybe pop culture is your thing, well, I have work in those areas too at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, and Verse Play Disgusting, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But most importantly, guys, you can check out and follow your page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres or my personal account which is at Javapeno and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Hit me up on there with any questions you might have and I'd love to get back to you. Today's episode, today's very special episode I must say, is brought to you by Locked On MLB. Join walking baseball encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan but please promise me just one thing. Call him Sully. Every day on Lockdown on MLB for a unique look at the majors, both past and present, featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Lockdown MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Lockdown MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, guys. And I said it before. I alluded to it. It's a special episode. So my audio listeners, you, you might not know this, but I am currently, this is my first ever YouTube show. Uh, this here one on August 30th that we're going to be doing today. Uh, and it's exciting. I, I feel weird. I'm looking at myself in the camera right now. This is going to be uploaded uh, at some point, And it's, it's just, just kind of cool. So, yeah, remember, guys, uh, subscribe to the YouTube. It's Lockdown Padres. Uh, so if you just, for some reason, want to see my ugly mug when I do these episodes all the time, there you go. You can see what shirt I'm wearing. Today I'm wearing a, a Bullworth Academy shirt. If you know that reference, congratulations to you. You rule. Um, but if you don't, it's all good. You still rule anyway. Thanks for checking this out. Uh, and yeah, and for today's episode, we're going to be talking about the weekend series against the Angels. And then those will be probably the first two segments. And then for the last segment, we're going to be talking about just a little bit where uh, the Padres are at, I guess, and what their upcoming schedule is and what it looks like. And then also just getting, because I feel like it's becoming a general baseball story. I heard it a lot this morning uh, being talked about. And that's the Javi Bias situation with the Mets, because I feel like that is something that is a universal sort of theme. So I feel like it was worth at least sharing my opinions on that. Um, so let's get into it. If I mess up today, if my words are all slurred or whatever, it's because I'm on YouTube for the first time. So like, just just keep that in mind. That's why I feel it a little bit weird. It's it's kind of like daunting, really, being on camera in like a full form. I do, I do those dumb lockdown now videos and whatnot. Uh, but even still, this is still kind of weird. But let's get into it, guys. Let's start with the first game from this double set against the Angels from over the weekend. First game was very good. It was very good. There's actually not too much to talk about uh, in this game because it was dominated by the Padres. They win by a score of five to nothing uh, thanks to the start of one Sir Joe Musgrove. Nine innings. He goes a full nine innings in this game, only allows three hits, walks two, no runs allowed, striking out nine across 111 pitches. That's right. He goes a full game. And boy, did the Padres need that. They needed that. And I'm not saying that lately their starting pitching uh, for Joe Busgrove has been anything but spectacular. Like, he's been great over just the last few starts. I mean, he's basically only had one bad start, and that was against the Diamondbacks on August 14th, two weeks ago, when he gave up six. But otherwise, he's been basically the most consistent starter basically since July 23rd? 
pretty much. Even before then, he was, you know, not great, but okay. Uh, and his ERA right now on the season is 2.85, and he's got a whip under one. He's been fantastic. The curveball was working. The slider was working. Everything was working for him. That's what's so fun about Musgrove is heading into the season, we thought the curveball usage was going to be his good thing, too. But instead, it's it's a wide variety of pitches. You know what I mean? He's wiping guys out with sliders, and he's just he's just killing it. The curveball is probably his nastiest pitch, but even still, it was great to see. And it's great because the Padres' bullpen has been a bit gassed of late, as some people might be familiar. We've had a lot of bullpen games, considering that, you know, the starting pitching has been a, what's the word? Ah, yes, less than ideal uh, lately. But thankfully, Joe Musgrove gives the Padres a game that they desperately, desperately needed, uh, defeating... On the other side of things, Cooper Criswell, who I had not heard of in my life before this game. He pitches for the Angels. And look, that Angels lineup, by the way, is pretty nightmarish. Aside from Shohei uh, Otani and David Fletcher and maybe Jared Walsh, uh, it's just kind of like really uninspiring. I mean, Brandon Marsh just came up for them in center field. He's fine, but it's just this is a team that you need to beat. And the Padres showed that on Friday. In terms of the, the offensive side of things, I mean, there wasn't too much to report here. No home runs by the Padres. Tatis goes two for five. He's been in a mini slump lately. And personally, it feels like he's just kind of, he's going for too much. At least that's what it feels like to me. It feels like he's trying to go for the home run every single time. And it's somewhat worked. We saw last week's last week's hellscape of a game that lasted, you know, uh, 18 innings or whatever, uh, that he hit that game-tying home run in his debut back from the IL. He had two home runs against the Diamondbacks, but even still, I think he's been forcing it a little bit too much. So it was nice to see him just have a, a regular game, if that makes any sense at all, just a regular game for Fernando Tatis Jr. And then also we get some RBIs from, believe it or not, Jerickson Profar, who's been hot as of late. He goes two for three, I'm sorry, one for three uh, in the game with uh, two RBIs and a triple. I forgot about that. Great triple from our guy Profar. Look, Profar, not not the best player, but he's still, um, how do I put this? I, I still love the guy. I still love his energy. I love his smile. And I just wish he was better. But uh, the funny part is, I think that this is the only negative about the game that we need to discuss really quickly, is that Adam Frazier sits for the, the, the again in this game. Um, he sits for the second time. And also, we're going to talk about this in uh, for the next segment the game on Saturday that he sits in that game too. Um, Adam Frazier has been a disaster. If you look at Padres players um, via WRC plus, if you just type that in on fan graphs and you look at their numbers, basically since July 30th, not only is Adam Frazier's WRC plus like below hundred, it's like below, below hundred. I'm talking like 50, 40, 45 around that area. And I mean, he's just been a nightmare. Another person that's been a nightmare is Tommy Pham. And he also wasn't in the, um, the lineup. Tommy Pham started off terribly, had the ire of Padres Twitter for early on in the year, and then became like a top 15 outfielder in baseball for two months, where his on-base skills were incredible. In terms of outside zone swing percentage, which I brought up many times on the show, he ranks among the top five in the league. He just doesn't swing at stuff outside the zone, along with guys like Robbie Grossman, Max Muncy, Juan Soto, you might have heard of that guy uh, before. So it's a shame to see what's happened with, with Tommy Pham, where he just can't hit anything anymore apparently he still has those those good like plate discipline skills um but he's just not managing to hit anything and further um proving that fact this year his wrc plus uh, for runners in scoring position is the worst among qualified batters in baseball <laughs> don't worry don't worry on my first youtube episode i promise i'm not gonna go joker and lose my mind or anything on camera but it's just really rough. It's really rough. So it was nice to see the Padres kind of win this game that they probably should have won. I mean, with Musgrove performing the way he is, um, I don't think he's like a Cy Young candidate. I just think that the NL pitching um, depth is crazy this year. I really do. And um, in this case, Joe Musgrove is just going to go down as the best 
pitcher for the Padres this year, probably. Basically, throughout the season, uh, he's been awesome. I know that guys like you, Darvish, have had starts that have been a little bit better than the uh, Joe Musgrove before, but in this case, one of the most dominant full-blown performances of the season. And you know what else was the dominant performance? Well, Joe Musgrove threw the no-hitter. So uh, that's basically what's going on with him. I've talked about him enough, guys. But before we talk about the next game, we talk about Saturday's game. Saturday's sad game. All right. It, it was a it was a game not for the faint of heart, ladies and gentlemen. I need to talk to you about Direct TV. I want to talk to you about it. You know why? Because you can get all the entertainment you love without the hassle there. Direct TV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So stop waiting and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about it at directtv.com. That's directtv.com, guys. Be sure to check that out. And now... We must talk about Saturday's game. We must talk about Saturday's game. And to be honest with you, Saturday's game is also a game that I feel doesn't need to be discussed all that much. There's not much uh, to take away from the game other than that Ryan Weathers is truly, truly bad. <laughs> I mean, Ryan Weathers is a mess. So who started off being a, uh, dare I say at one point in the season, a rookie of the year candidate. For, for the National League. I mean, seriously, like he was just that good uh, with an ERA floating like low two uh, for most of the year. And now he has a 5.4 ERA. He gets the start in Saturday's game, going three innings, giving up three earned runs on four hits, walking nobody, which was nice, and striking out one, which is whatever, uh, across 54 pitches. Ryan Weathers, let me just read very dramatically on this here ever first YouTube version of his here podcast. Let's read here are Ryan Weathers' appearance, appearances starting from July 3rd, the trade deadline. The trade deadline in which the Padres did not get Max Scherzer, they did not get Jose Barrios, they did not get a big frontline starting pitcher, and they just, they just didn't get a, a starting pitcher at all, right? Let's talk about that. They headed to that night. You're like, you know what? Ryan Weathers has been good for us. Entering the night, 2.73 ERA. Well, he goes uh, against Colorado, not even at Colorado, gives up eight runs across four innings. Okay, it was a bad start. I get it. It happens every now and then to everybody. He's a rookie. All right. Then next week against the Arizona Diamondbacks, he goes three innings, giving up six runs on seven hits. Okay. Now we're a little bit concerned. Jeez Louise, uh, Ryan Weathers. All of a sudden, your ERA is spiked all the way up to 4.26. Oh, but it don't stop there. Then August 11th, he goes four and two-thirds innings, giving up six runs on seven hits. Strikeout seven, which was kind of cool, but who cares? You still gave up six runs. All right. The nightmare has to be over, right? We're going to Colorado, but even still, I mean, he's been having such a bad stretch. And against Colorado, he goes four innings, giving up five runs on eight hits. <laughs> and then against Philadelphia, he makes a bullpen appearance. He's been that bad as a starting pitcher that he has to go back to the bullpen. Let's let's try this out, right? And in this case, he goes two innings, giving up three runs on five hits. And then we have this Angels start. If I'm not mistaken, and, and look, I'm never wrong, as you guys might be familiar, uh, those who have listened to the podcast before. I'm never wrong. I'm never wrong. Ryan Weathers has been among one of the worst pitchers in the NL, basically second half, uh, literally in all of baseball. Um, before this start against the Angels, his ERA was 14.26 since July 30th. It's pretty hard to do that. We we, we get on you Darvish, who's been pretty messy since the sticky stuff situation uh, and his how his ERA has bloated ever since, but his is still sitting around, you know, mid three. You know, mid 3.6, something around that. Are actually going to check that uh, as we speak. See, this is this is difficult. Let's see here right now, guys. Uh, he's sitting at a 3.8. So he hasn't been great. Don't get me wrong. 
But do you know how hard it is to go from the, the low twos to mid fives that quickly? That basically summarizes the game. That basically summarizes the game. They're down by a lot. The only good sign from the Padres in this game, I guess, is Eric Hosmer driving in a run, allowing Tommy Pham to score, and then Austin Nola, who secretly has been a decently quiet and productive bat, by the way, for the Padres this season, uh, especially from the catcher position, which I always consider if you get anything from catcher from offense, then it's then it's a plus, especially if you have a decent guy like Victor Caratini. That being said, though, our guy Caratini has been... I mean, I know we love him because of the early season heroics. He had the walk-off against the Reds, but dear Lord, man, he's been bad for a while. And it's weird because his swing is sharp. He looks like he's got a lot of power. I don't understand. I don't understand. But then again, he's a backup catcher just to catch for you, Darvish. And you see why. Because Austin Nola is so much better as a bat than Victor Caratini. So that's what happened there. But like I said, 10-2 to two in this game. A lot of rubies coming from Jared Walsh. He goes 3-for-3 three three with a home run as well as an intentional walk. Uh, in the game, and a regular walk, because why not? Uh, drives at three runs for them. It was just kind of nightmarish, especially considering that the Padres are on such a bad losing streak. Basically, ever since the trade deadline, they've been among some of the worst. They're losing to some of the worst teams in baseball. Then you win a game after a dominant start from from uh, Joe Musgrove, and then you can't really follow it up with anything. Pierce Johnson gives up a run. Even Austin Adams, who I love. I love Austin Adams. His strikeout rate's incredible. He does hit a lot of batters, which isn't great. He's a little bit of a wild thing on the mound, but even still, I like Austin Adams. And then Tim Hill, who was great for the first half, he's starting to regress dramatically, right? He has a 3.86 now. He only gets one out and gives up three runs in this game because, like I said, why not? Now, let's not panic about the bullpen too much. It's still very good. But one thing that I felt for the first half of the season anyway is that the Padres' bullpen, I thought some guys are overperforming, maybe guys like Tim Hill for example. Still a decent reliever, but I thought he was overperforming, which is good that they then went out and acquired Daniel Hudson. But then, at the same time, Drew Pomeranz is out for the season, which you could argue, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't even think you could argue this, he's better than Mark Melanson. I, I, I would say, at least. I think his ERA is lower, I think he's got more swing and miss stuff. He was incredible in 2020. He didn't give up an earned run in 2020 until like the last week of the season, if I'm not mistaken. And this year, he was incredible, and losing him for the season actually hurts this team quite a lot because it doesn't give you that wipeout dude in an inning. Instead, you just have a bunch of Bs and B-pluses out of the bullpen, which is still great, but it does worry me that if they come into, say, a wild card game, if, by the way, it's a huge if, Lord knows the Padres have been terrible, and now they're two games behind of the Reds uh, for the wild card standings. Actually, let me check that. Are they two games behind? Let me see. I'm sorry if I have to do this live, guys. I'll do the show on YouTube, so I have to like make sure that I get this here. Let's see. Wild card standings. Yeah, they're two games behind. No, one and a half games back behind the Cincinnati Reds. And then, obviously, a ton of games back behind the Dodgers. So, you know, it's really rough for them to come out here, fall flat on their faces after a great game on Friday. And it's not like the Angels are that incredible. They're missing Anthony Rendon, who basically had an injury plague season and has been shut down. They're just enough that is a good Eddie Boer. Uh, and then they're also missing that one guy, Mike Trout. So above all of that, that was the most disappointing. He's getting trounced by a team like that, especially when you need these W's, is really rough. It's really, really rough. And I think it doesn't bode well for the Padres' future whatsoever that they're playing like this. I think that they have just been, I don't know, it wasn't as nightmarish of a series as the Dodgers sweep, but even still it was terrible. It was terrible. It does not make me smile, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but before we talk about kind of a little bit more of the future of the team, uh, let's talk about something wonderful, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about the best protein bars in all the land. Not just in San Diego, 
not just in New York, you know, LA or Chicago, whatever, in all of the land, guys. Those are, of course, the Built Bars. I love them. They taste delicious, soft and easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate. And my favorite part, they've got a wide variety of flavors on display. Double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, grasshopper cookie, all these weird, crazy flavors, and they all taste good. And they have all these limited time flavors that pop up every now and then. So they're always trying to you know, keep things mixed up, which is really great. But above all else, guys, I said they're protein bars. That's because they're healthy for you. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors all tasty all healthy go guys since you're listening to this go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order remember that is promo code locked 15 for 50 percent off at builtbar.com and that's not all i want to talk to you guys about it's that time of year again you know we're, we have the baseball playoffs coming up but all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, Bet Online has you covered. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest. Open now at Bet online be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo which is that if you make a bet on the thursday september 9th season opener between the super bowl champion buccaneers and the dallas cowboys cowboys bane of my existence i must say uh but if you lose your wager will be refunded which is good uh up to 25 dollars for new customers only when signing up and using promo code nfl 100 bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports not only do they have football but of course they got your favorite sport they got the baseball they got basketball boxing ufc mma whatever you need remember guys also go to bet online and use the promo code locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts all right guys Let's wrap things up just a little bit. Actually, kind of three mini topics. One thing I want to talk about really quickly is, and and this could also just be my my Twitter bubble that I'm in right now. And and also, if you are on YouTube, hold on, here we go. You could follow me right there. Boom, boom. You see that? It's pretty cool, right? You can follow me. It's a little graphic stuff. Uh, You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno. And look, maybe this is just something that I was seeing, but someone's like, Grisham just doesn't seem like he's at that elite defensive player right now. He's not that incredible. He had that game against the Dodgers where he let one ball get past them. Um, but then he made a great catch later on in the game, by the way, which is a uh, wild bat. Or was that the Angels series? Two LA teams. I can't get them together. But anyway, um, and I get it. But I think that people are making a mistake when judging that. Just because Trent Grisham might not be the gold glove guy this year doesn't mean that he's been bad. In fact, among all outfielders in baseball, he ranks 13th in defensive runs saved just behind guys like Aaron Judge, Rymel Tapia, Mike Ostremski, Jackie Bradley Jr., Adolis Garcia, Avisel Garcia. Adam Duvall actually leads the league in uh, defensive runs saved, by the way. Adam Duvall, a very solid player. That was such a good pickup for the Braves. Like, seriously, I actually thought that was incredible because Duvall is one of the most underrated defenders in all of baseball, has been for a while, and he gives you power. Flawed power, for sure, but he can hit the ball out. You know, he, he can go on hot streaks really quickly. I love what Atlanta did. Atlanta did what I love baseball teams do. I love when, and I, I'm not saying the Padres could have done the same, but they just took all these low-cost dart throws. They knew that they're probably not going to win the title this year, the Atlanta Braves, but they still had enough reason to just go for these low-cost guys. They go and get Adam Duvall. They go and get Jorge Soler, who had a really, really unlucky first half and has been one of the most productive batters in the game basically ever since uh, he got to Atlanta. And the way I see it is just, 
I like when when teams do that. I like when they don't go super big and they find different ways to compete. I don't think the Braves are thinking they're going to win the World Series. They lost to Cooney. They don't have Ozuna. Uh, Mike Soroka set back. Max Fried hasn't been as good this year. Like, there's a lot of reasons to believe, but they just did all these low cost things and now they're leading the NL East. Wish the Pirates could have done the same, but that being said, their roster is a little bit less malleable, I think, than the Braves right now. But anyway. So, about Grisham, 13th in defensive run saved. Just because he's not going to win the Gold Glove Award necessarily doesn't mean that he's been bad. Just because you're not the best defender at your position does not mean that you've been worse at defense. Trent Grisham is basically the only plus defender in the outfield right now for the Padres, uh, and I don't even think that's a debate. Uh, Will Myers is not as liable and awful as he usually is. He's been able to at least make up for... Um, his lack of a great throwing arm with the fact that he can get to the ball pretty quickly. That's nice. He's got definitely got speed, Will Myers. Sneaky speed guy, uh, Will Myers. And then Tommy Pham hasn't been great. And you have Jake Marisnik, who they traded for, but he can't hit. So it's very much like Grisham is still very, very valuable. Just because he's not a glove guy, not the end of the world. And shout out to the Brewers, by the way, having two top-level defenders in the outfield with Jackie Bradley Jr. and Avicelio Garcia. That's just like, on top of their incredible three-headed behemoth hydra of a rotation with, uh, what, are, what are their faces? Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Birds, and Freddie Peralta. They've also got that if you do manage to hit the ball, they've got some incredible outfielders behind them. That's how you build a team right there. Shout out to the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, a fun story, in my opinion, this year for baseball. But anyway, the last thing I wanted to talk about really quickly uh, was the Padres... Uh, upcoming schedule they play against the Diamondbacks upcoming and while that usually is a good sign as I mentioned before they've been terrible against subpar teams for a while and so I don't know how that's going to go they really need I would love a sweep here a sweep here would be how you kickstart the engine and you kind of get back and feel like not all hope is lost because then after that ladies and gentlemen things start getting rough. They've got the Houston Astros this weekend for three games, this Labor Day weekend. Hopefully you guys are celebrating and having a good time and being safe and everything. Uh, And then they have another two-game set against the Angels. Then things become nightmarish yet again. They have three games at LA, and then they have four games at San Francisco, then three games at St. Louis. Not the best team in the world not a pushover not the best team in the world so you get a little bit of a break there then you get at san francisco then you get the braves who i just talked about uh, at length just now then you get the dodgers for three and then if you're thinking well maybe maybe the last series of the of the year we get a little bit of break no we have at san fran for three that's the final series of the year october 2nd october 3rd uh it's just it's not looking good for the padres it really isn't they need to be better and the the, the more problematic thing is that the Reds don't have a hard schedule. Uh, the Reds, who were trying to catch up on, like I said, at a game and a half back, they don't have a hard schedule. They have actually the easiest schedule in the NL for the rest of the way. The Padres, even before we faced all those bad teams, they still had the second hardest schedule, and that's because we have so many series against the Dodgers and the Giants left on top of teams like Houston and Atlanta. So it's I don't really think, as of right now, you can confidently say the Padres can make the playoffs. They haven't looked good. Everybody on the team looks dead. Tatis, I don't necessarily want to start projecting and assuming it's because he's playing the outfield, but I'm just saying he looks sad out there. Our guy Tatis looks so sad. He's just, like, looking at his glove and, like, moving his head and everything. He's, like, sad. But I think part of that is also because the team just isn't playing well. If the team was playing well, I guarantee you he would have found some way. Our guy El Nino to make playing in the outfield look so much fun. So that's kind of what's going on with the Padres. Not the uh, the best of times, I would say. So we're going to have to see how this D-back series comes up. And I don't know, maybe might do a crossover with my guy Miller Thomas of Lockdown Diamondbacks for that series. Maybe, I don't know for sure. Uh, but we'll see what we do there. And hopefully they win uh, tonight's game. That would be lovely to kind of kickstart the YouTube era 
of Locked On Pirates. Maybe it's a good luck charm. If we start winning from here on out, guys, all I'm saying is, I mean, you know, not to take too much credit. Not to take too much credit, but I'm just, I think maybe just a pint, a pint of credit. And now, guys, the last thing I wanted to talk about, just that was a great transition. Last thing I wanted to talk about was Javi Baez, just really quickly. Uh, one, because Javi, I got to talk about the guy that also I share a name with. Uh, he's Puerto Rican as well, and I love him. Okay, so basically this weekend what happened is that it came out, even though despite the fact that the Mets players had been doing this since around like August 6th, they've been doing this for a while, that Javi Baez, Francisco Lindor, Kevin Pillar, they did this thumbs down gesture whenever they got a hit. And Javi Baez came out and explained it and said it's a gesture in response to the fact that fans boo us when we don't do well. So when we do well, we're booing them for being wrong about us. That's some kind of like... Little bit of mental gymnastics going on there for my guy Javi Baez, but even still, nonetheless. And then what ended up happening after that is New York Daily News. They start posting completely ridiculous headlines saying that the players, they hate the Mets fans. That's what they just said. They definitely didn't say that, but okay. Uh, and then just completely attacking them with just the, the most, I don't know, fervent of discourse. And then on top of that, Sandy Alderson of the Mets releases a statement basically condemning the actions, more or less, and that the thumbs down gesture isn't good, and that the Mets fans are more than welcome to boo. And look, I think that there's a lot of areas to this, and I'm not going to get into all of them. You guys should go listen to Lockdown Mets, uh, hosted by Ryan Finkelstein. You should also go listen to, if you'd like, if you'd like, uh, the IBWAA podcast, which is the new episode will be dropping Wednesday. It is the Internet Baseball Writers Association, and I am new, and I'm going to be a new co-host, and that's going to be one of the topics we talk about, so I'll talk about that more in length. But I think that you can really approach this in the sense of saying more than one thing can be true. Okay, so first of all, I think booing is stupid. I've said this for a while. I think booing has never been helpful. I think it's dumb. I think you look like an ass half the time. And I, I like I said, I just think it's useless. I don't think there's any point in doing it. You're not. That's not like the players need to know that they're not playing well. There's a difference between the rare exceptions when you know guys just aren't trying, but that's so rare. That's how they got here is by trying. They're professional athletes. You know what I mean? Like if you're gonna boo someone, like I always use this as an example. Pablo Sandoval one year after signing that big contract with the Red Sox, they asked him to lose weight, and then he came into camp 20 pounds heavier. I can under Red Sox fan, I could understand Red Sox fans being like, what the heck, man? You know what I mean? That's a little bit more of a sign of you not trying, at least in my opinion. I don't know. I don't want to assume too much. It's not like losing weight is just a simple factor of just trying. It really isn't. Anyone who tells you otherwise is is silly. I understand my bias as a little bit of a chunky boy myself, but nonetheless, I think that it's... um. A little bit more complicated, but I understand moments like that. But for the most part, it's like it's not like these guys aren't trying. It's not like Javi Baez is swinging at pitches 18 feet outside the zone, and he knows that that was a bad play on his part. Like he, he knows that, I should say. Um, so I think booing is stupid. I also think that the way to counter this isn't necessarily to do the same thing back to them, which is the thumbs down, right? I don't think that that's the way to go. I, I could be wrong. Again, I could be wrong. I just don't think that it's it's necessarily the way to go about things. I think there are better ways to go about this if you're Javi Baez. Another thing is this question of you're soft, right? If you just play better, man, then they won't boo you. And it's like, okay, but we've also seen that fans are a little ridiculous a lot of times when it comes to sporting events, so I don't want to assume that either. Um, It's just there's a lot of different things. I think on one hand, it's like, all right, well, then the fans are soft too. 
If you're going to say that Javi Baez is soft for giving them a little bit of thing back, it's such a simple gesture, by the way, then why aren't the fans soft for then complaining and acting like, what the heck, man? We pay all the money and stuff. It's like, all right, all they did was a thumbs down. Relax. It's not like he assaulted your your, your dad or your mom or something like that. Like, he didn't. nobody attacked anybody. It's okay. You're fine. You know what I mean? I thought it was a sign of rebellion, and maybe that's something they were trying to rally behind. I think there's multiple things that can be true. But I also think that this anti-player sentiment that's happening right now where people, you know, Keith Oberman, legendarily known idiot at this point in his career, just decides to come out and say they need to be DFA, DFA Lindor, do all this stuff. Hey, make them be grateful. That's a trigger word for me, for the record, guys, when it comes to athletes, when they're saying they should be grateful and when they should be just happy to be here. It's like, no, 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 no. Why do we only say that for professional athletes a lot of times when it comes to their jobs? You know what I'm saying? We don't only say that for professional athletes, but... I'm just saying, don't go down that road. It's not like these guys didn't work their butts off and they didn't get their, you know, positions uh, through skill and hard work. And which, by the way, there's barely any such thing. Just to have my take on that matter. Uh, and athleticism and professional athletes is the one area that feels like it's a genuine meritocracy. It's not entirely, but it feels like yeah, the best player will play. It's not you can't be someone's kid and then they'll let you into the starting lineup. You know what I'm saying? That's not how that works. But anyway, I thought it was a bunch to do about nothing. I think that the Mets have been an absolute dumpster fire of discourse this year, and it's annoying because I think that why can't you just be quietly bad? Like let's us Padres fans, we're like un we're like innocuously bad right now. We're not like creating giant discourse or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So that's a little bit annoying. But Javi Baez, I'm on his side. And I also think that the idea of him being soft, responding to booze, it's like, well, then you go out there. You know what I mean? If you're getting booed every day, he just did this. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that big of a deal. And if anything, it might have kickstarted the team. I don't know. There's going to be a lot of questions and a lot of hyperbole around this discourse probably for uh, the next week or so, I imagine. So this should be a lot of fun. And also, last point, does it send the best sign for potential future signings that you don't come out and defend your players, even if you think the players might be wrong? And, and what is, in grand scheme, a pretty harmless situation of their players doing the thumbs down at the fans and whatever it is, their little thumbs down gesture. I'm just saying it's not the best sign if you're trying to recruit players. I'm just saying, guys talk to each other. Guys talk to each other. But anyway, guys, last thing before we wrap things up of this first ever YouTube edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, betting on the Padres, betting on the Mets, whoever, it doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. Guys, that's it. We did it. We did it, ladies and gentlemen. We 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 killed it. We're smiling. Say hi to my guy Luffy. He's smiling too. Look at him. Look at him. He's smiling too. He's doing good. Um, we did it for the first ever YouTube edition of the podcast. Gonna be doing this from here on out. There might be some days that I miss with the YouTube show. I, I'm gonna try and do it basically for every podcast. Um, but I still have to figure out like how to do you know co-hosts and have them on the feed and all that stuff. So that's a whole another obstacle to kind of go through. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed. Um, watching this YouTube version of it. If not, if you're just doing the audio, that's fine. Go to Locked On Padres on YouTube. You should find it. I'm going to link it in the description of the podcast uh, feed for my regular podcast listeners where to uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, I've also got some more pieces coming out for Just Baseball this week that you can read. Uh, I did a fun alternatives award uh, piece, basically, that was just all these wacky, dumb awards that I came up with. And one of them had to do with Javi Baez, actually, who we just spent like five minutes talking about. So look forward to that. 
and then going to be recapping this Diamondbacks series, and then probably going to do some stuff about the Astros. And as always, guys, you got to, you got onwards, onwards. I know it's been rough, but you got to still have faith that at some point the positive regression has to happen. You know, they've been so bad that you got to just, they have to win some games. Talent's there. The question is whether or not they'll do it and whether or not they'll do it enough. Uh, but with that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app. I would greatly appreciate that. Subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, new thing. I'm so excited. It's so, so fun to, to kind of see my, my face out here every day. I'm telling you, the, the shirt thing, that's going to be a fun bit. Just doing my shirt. A lot of times it'll probably be like a plain white tee. Hey, if it's good for Michael Jordan, it's good for me. Uh, just a plain white t-shirt. But hey, something to look forward to all the time. Shout out Bullworth Academy. Um, that's it, guys. Be sure to follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friday Faithful homies, take care.